You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And we are here today with Hannah Mason, the Managing Director, and Philip Crawford, the Artistic Director of Theatrix. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for talking with us today. (laughs) Hello, thank you so much for having us. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the program. I'm so excited to talk about your season that you've released and some of your upcoming productions. So I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us. Yeah, of course. So you are the artistic director. And and can you just kind of talk about how you came into that role? Uh, Yeah. So last year, um, I was actually the assistant artistic director for theatrics under under Jesse, who was our artistic director at the time. And I so I worked under him and kind of got a feel of the ropes and kind of figured out how to do it. And I just, I loved doing it. I love the idea of getting to make your own theater because that's something that as students, we really don't get to do. We get to act a lot of times and that's usually where it ends. So the idea of getting to do shows that I want to do and produce them was just so, it, I just, it was so exciting to me. And so that's why I was drawn to it. And I was lucky enough to be selected for this year's artistic director. And Hannah Mason, you get to be the managing director so that you get to manage all of it. So how did you come into that role? Yes. Um, so I had a different path than Philip. Um, Last year, I was not on the council. Um, I Actually, last year, I spent the entirety of last year um, in my hometown in San Antonio because of the pandemic. Um, and, and because of that, I wasn't able to do much theater here on campus. Um, I was able to do some of the play readings that Theatrics did last year from Zoom, but that was pretty much it. And so I knew that Coming into this year, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to be on on the team, um, yeah. just because I I had seen what theatrics had done the year prior with you know the, their 2019 season before the pandemic, and I knew this this was something I wanted to be a part of. So I um, on a whim sent in an application and everything, and then um, one day Jesse Toros, the former um, artistic director, said, "You want the job?" And I said, "Absolutely." I I want the job. And now I'm here. So what is the one thing for both of you that you have had to do so far that you didn't expect to do? Anything been a a, a complete out of out of the blue challenge for you so far? Maybe it's too early to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, one thing for me is um, theatrics is a very hands on group. And um, so we recently just all worked together on the build day for Revolutionists, where we built the entire set and painted the entire set. And that was one of those things where I it never even occurred to me because on a lot of the rep shows, that is all done behind the scenes and you don't see any of it done. Yeah. But there's so many different little aspects that go into every single show we do here. And mm-hmm. when we're the ones producing it, we're involved in all of those little aspects as well. 
so it's really it's really fun to see how every little piece of theater works together and so that's one thing i wasn't really expecting the the depth of what we're putting on here how about you han any surprises um i would say finances um for some reason it did not occur to me that the managing director would have to do the business part of a company (laughs) and i'm a person who almost failed economics in high school i was like oh Time to learn, <laughs> definitely. Um, oh, yeah, no, that was a rude awakening. It really was, but I've had a great mentor <laughs> and a great spreadsheet to help me with that. Um, but yeah, nice. like uh, as because I, you know, I've been an actor, I've worked on crew, I've directed, so but I've never seen the like finance investment rights side of the mm-hmm. before. So right, this has been it's really out. illuminating, isn't it? Yeah. And, and a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's talk quickly before we talk about the revolutions a little bit, probably just to for people that aren't aware. So yes. Theatrix is completely student run. So you have your own budget, you have your own um, and you pick your own productions and that type of thing. Do you want to? That's not the greatest description. Would you like to, <laughs> to give me a better one? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So Theatrix is um, we are an independent theater company that is associated with the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film. But we are student-run, student-produced, student-designed, student-acted. Students are the driving force, and with the exception of our two faculty advisors, the only force that are really behind theatrics. And so while that is scary at times, it is great because we're able to do the plays we want to do. We're able to um, add in performances we want to do, figure out what we really want to do, which is something that as actors um, a lot of times isn't up to us. So it gives us so many different new opportunities mm-hmm. that if it weren't student run and student produced, we wouldn't have. Right. That's such a good experience for you guys to be able to do that. That's great. Absolutely. So how did you pick your season? So we know you've released the fall season. Yes. The first one is coming out this weekend. So so how did you pick the revolutionists and, and how did that why did you decide to do that particular play? Well, the the season process began way back in June, <laughs> and it was definitely probably one of it was a very difficult journey. <laughs> um, uh, so every spring, we ask students or anyone really to submit just ideas that they have of what plays they would like to see. And I know personally, what began for me was reading all those plays and then narrowing down like the six that I liked the most. And that was kind of our first initial conversation. And one of them was the revolutionists. And there were a few plays in that bunch that you, I, I mean, I read that I was like, we have to do these plays. Um, yeah. Just because you read it and it's just such good playwriting. And especially with like Lauren Gunderson, who's the most produced female playwright in the country right now, like how could we mm-hmm. not? Um, but it's a, it was a very difficult process, and it took multiple weeks, multiple rough drafts. I, I think back to what our first draft of the season was, and I just, what would what, 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 what that look like? Because it was completely different than, um, oh. than what we have now. 
Um, and of course, there are you know, other issues like rights and what, and what fits in our schedule, especially because we do have the rep and what are they doing and how can we um, you know, reflect. And especially because we have to pick a, a theme for a season. So what plays fit the theme? And I know Philip was the leader for finding what our message was for this um, season. So, so Philip, then what is, what is your overall message with these shows so our season theme this year um is rewrite the narrative so all right we figured um since we are coming out of a big pandemic where a lot of a lot of a lot of plans were changed and things have changed we wanted to really find a lot of plays that weren't just sad and about being alone. We wanted to find plays about finding ways to take the circumstances you are in and make the best out of them and finding ways to to still grow and make art through bad situations. And so we really felt that Rewrite the Narrative encompassed where we're in as theater makers, um, as artists and as humans right now. No, especially, yes, after our the, the giant reset that we sort of got uh, that was the pandemic where right. we all stayed home and then and then we all got back out. Yes. And it's like everything is new again. And, <laughs> some, and a lot of us are doing things differently. So tell us a little bit about The Revolutionist that opens this weekend. So yes. this is set in 1793, but it's a comedy. The Revolutionist, I like to describe it as a show that starts as a comedy but ends as a drama, which is a line in our show, so very meta. Um, but yes, it takes place in 1793, Paris, France, and it is inspired by four women um, who were alive during the French Revolution, and it essentially is their story and how they navigate with each other. It talks about death and, you know, violence, but also it's how do you make something revolutionary during a revolution. And women's women's rights are also a topic for them as well. So the three the three yeah. women in the show are Charlotte Corday, Marie Antoinette, and Alain de Gouge. And then the one fictional character is Marion Angel, but she is a almost an embodiment of what was going on during the Caribbean at this time. So although she wasn't a real life character, she was inspired by real life women. Well, I'm really anxious to see it. I bet the costumes have been kind of a challenge for you guys as well. Definitely. And we were trying to go as historically accurate as possible. And so that entails, you know, the the corsets, the petticoats, the bum rolls, the chemises, the heels, the tights, everything. Um, so although on the outside it may not look like a lot is going on, a lot is going on underneath those <laughs> with those overskirts. So what would you say to someone who who maybe doesn't know that much about um, the French Revolution, that they're interested in coming to the play? What would you how would you entice them to come? Well, I know personally for me, I guess I didn't know that much about the French Revolution during this uh, before starting this play. I mean, I thought I did, but uh, after I read it, I would say there are there were so many lives during this revolution that were erased because of history, and just over time we have forgotten about them. 
But once you finally start doing your research, there are so many cool women in our history that are so inspiring and who I aspire to be like every single day. Um, and so if you want to see some blood and some comedy and some <laughs> history all in one show, this this is it. And after this weekend, so you're going to run... It, this, this production will be a show on Thursday, Friday, and then two shows on Sunday. And then you've got something going on at the end of the month. So at the end of the month, November 20th through the 22nd, we are putting on staged readings of Larissa Fast Horse's play, the Thanksgiving play. So right before Thanksgiving break, we're doing a show at the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film. We're doing a show at the UNL City Campus Student Union. And then we're doing a show at the Indian Center in Lincoln. And each of those shows will feature a talk back after where we discuss some of the issues brought up in the play, as well as some issues that are are still happening today, years and years and years after what was thought of as the first Thanksgiving. That talk back that you're having, you don't do that after every one of your plays. That's going to be something specific to the Thanksgiving play. Yes. So the Thanksgiving play is a satire and there's some, there's some heavy stuff in it. And we felt we, we needed to give audience members space to reflect upon that afterwards, rather than just kind of giving it to them and telling them to to leave because there's some there's some big issues in there that need to be heard but they also need to be talked through even if those are uncomfortable conversations well i and i definitely see a theme here and so the next one that you have in december is called clown bar i'm not familiar with that clown bar is a 1920s speakeasy noir style mixed with clowns and so there's that juxtaposition there and it's about a clown named happy who well an ex-clown named happy who has returned to the clown bar to solve um who murdered his brother and Hmm. so it's a an incredibly funny play that kind of plays off the old tropes of like 1920s 1930s noir film mixed with the idea that there's a bunch of clowns running an underground mafia and so we're really excited about that that's coming up (laughs) and what is the message with that one with rewrite the narrative so um it centers around happy who used to be a clown and really was able to get his way out of the world of clowning um, that was really a, a toxic, terrible environment for him. And he was able to change his story. And through that, you see him changing the stories and helping other others to find find their way through this crazy world that the playwright Adam Simkowicz has brought forth. It's as wacky as it sounds. And it, that was one of the plays that we read. And we were like, oh, how can we not do this one? You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a wild ride. So the Thanksgiving play isn't really a comedy, but the other two are. So you're you're still 
sending a message through comedy of really heavy topics really helps people maybe be able to feel comfortable talking about those things. Well, this is this is your fall season and you've got three really great plays. I'm anxious to see them and good luck to you guys. It's been a crazy last year and I'm glad that you were able to get this opportunity to finally come back to the theater and see live theater again. We've missed it. We have too. Good luck to you guys. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.